Hey friend, this is Ryan Thomas. We're so blessed and grateful you're listening to On the Road and supporting Faith Radio. You are quite simply the best and we appreciate you so much. Enjoy the show. Discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. Two camels, the blistering, unimaginable heat of the Sahara Desert, and a young woman fleeing for her life without a compass, unsure exactly where she was. Now this sounds like the plot of a big-budget Hollywood feature, but it's the very true story of a youthful Christina Harrell. Today we'll share the tale of how a world-renowned fashion model found herself on the run in the middle of the planet's most forbidding landscape, and how God guided her once more to safety and to incredible purpose. Christina Harrell is an intrepid world traveler, an actress, an internationally acclaimed model, and now she authors Captivated, an adventure in faith. And Christina, even just reading the bio makes me feel like I've experienced something epic. Thank you so much for being here, and how's the day progressing for you? Very well. Indeed. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Marvelous. Now, we are, we are just huge Anglophiles on the show, Christina. Oh. Can you paint the picture just a bit of growing up on the sceptered isle of Great Britain and uh, really with a bio this diverse, uh, what you wanted to be when you grew up? Well, it's an interesting question because, um, you know, I was the first child and until uh, I was seven and uh, my parents were wonderful people and they planted, uh, you know, essential seeds of integrity and good character and uh, I was picked up from Sunday school when I was about seven and uh, my parents and I, we went to the woods for the picnic, and I there I had my little my little Bible in my in my backpack, and um, and I was walking along, and I was listening, you know, of course, with Jesus, and I felt His presence so strongly at wow. that point, and I told my grandmother, and she said, "Well, you know, you should know a little bit more about the." Uh, Jesus was a Jew and know all about his history. Well, I, so I started to do, feel that, and I and I really felt his presence. Well, that was the first thing. The second thing is, my father was a squadron leader with the Royal Air Force, and he loved you know the world was his oyster. Wow. He loved he loved the world, and he he was always asking us questions or me questions, and the other children came along after you know seven. I was seven. Sure. And geography questions at the uh, meal table, the dinner table, and he would ask questions like, you know, what seas border the continents of, what what rivers, what what's the history of. Well, when the others came along, I was the oldest child, and I had the Atlas World Map pinned to my bedroom wall, and I was studying all these different countries, and at some point, I just couldn't wait to travel to them. I couldn't wait to learn their history and take pictures of them and things like this. And the third passion was really my athletic ability. I was um, I represented my school and county in track and field, and um, so I knew I was fit. So I had the Lord in my heart. I had a curiosity for the for the world, and I was fit <laughs> to do it. So that was the third. That was the first part of growing up. <laughs> That's a pretty spectacular toolkit to start with. There's no question. Yeah. And, and I must say, your modeling credits 
are pretty impressive, even to someone who knows basically nothing about classy things such as myself, but Dior, Vogue, Valentino, to name just a few. How do you decide to enter such a competitive profession or is it not really a decision that you make or are you, do you have to be discovered in a sense? Well, I, you know, I certainly wouldn't have thought to be a model. Um, I didn't think I was photogenic at all. Um, I, went, I was visiting a cousin in London and we were strolling the streets of Soho and we were probably just about barely 17 and a man walked across the road from a big building and he walked to me and he said, can I take your photograph? <laughs> I thought, what? Why would he do that? <laughs> so my, my, my cousin said, I have a police whistle in my pocket. I'll just stand by the door and I'll blow on it if, if I think that it's not right. So I went into the... Um, into this big studio, and he t- took a few headshots. I later f- found out that he was um, David Bailey. Uh, he was one of London's best-known fashion photographers. Wow. And um, actually, there was a movie made about him called Blow Up. Well, anyway, um, to that I didn't know any of that at the time. But, you know, I went home, and a few, just a month, few months later, my phone rang, and... Uh, and it was an agent from a London modeling agency, and apparently he'd given them the photographs, and they wanted to sign me up. So that's how it began, really. <laughs> <laughs> was there an element of courage that it took to say yes to really step into that industry? Because uh, really, your growing up sounds pretty idyllic. I mean, the yes, English countryside, yes. beautiful and and very rural, to go to London and and Paris and New York City, all of these capitals of the world, did did that require some courage? I really felt strongly that I was, he was walking with me and that I would be protected. And, um, you know, first of all, I was, I became, I was the oldest of five children at one point when I had the offer to, to, to have the agency uh, sign me up. I was kind of ready to hone my independent spirit and, um, you know, with a house full of children, I kind of, <laughs> I was ready. So I moved, I moved to London and um, something else happened beyond that. My career took off flying here and there all over the world with, uh, to take pictures of, with Dior and, or do fashion shows or something. And uh, I would take my camera. I had a little, little Nikon and I would take it. And with my fascination for the world, if our wrap-up time was earlier than expected, I would follow through with my, you know, interest and try to take pictures of of the scenery and the people and the, you know, environment, uh, animals, history, all of the stuff there, Mm. historical sites. So um, that's kind of how I I sort of stepped into this new arena. And I realized, to be honest, if I could possibly get these pictures into National Geographic, then that was a better career for me. Uh, See? Wow. Well, this is just the beginning of an extraordinary journey that we're unpacking today on the road. Christina Harrell is with us, an intrepid world traveler. She's been a celebrated fashion model and actress and is now the author of Captivated, An Adventure in Faith. So at the heart of the book is really this extraordinary journey across the Sahara Desert. Mm. But it begins with a simple vacation escape from work, right? 
correct. Yes, I, I was actually um, living in Paris. Uh, it had moved on very quickly to from living in London to having an incredible place in Paris um, on Ile Saint Louis, and um, went to a dance to to dance uh, at a nightclub. And and this guy said to me, "Oh, would you like to come to North Africa with me, with two other friends?" Well, you know, I kind of thought about it and. I wasn't really sure about really that, but I thought, well, I could always just have a free ticket and take my camera, <laughs> <laughs> take my camera, and then maybe just come home if I didn't like being with them. So that's how it started, I, and I ended up in Tunisia. And you begin to experience this vacation. You eventually meet a sheikh and yes. a tribe of Bedouins, and you embark on this journey into the desert. Trace a little bit about how that came to be. Well, I we were uh, we were at this incredible hotel right on the border of the Sahara in a place called Nefta in Tunisia, and there were no other people in the hotel but us. It was uh, they there was a reason they wanted to take our pictures and have them on the walls, and um, anyway, Bedouin tribe came by to dance for us one evening, and a very handsome young sheikh um, from the tribe saw my camera and invited me the next day to meet him in the garden. And he said, would you like to come with us and take pictures of my Bedouin tribe? Oh, well, that was interesting. So actually what happened was I quickly called a friend of mine in Paris um, who was the attaché de presse for Dior, and I said, look, what do you think? She said, well, I'll call National Geographic and tell them that you might go off of this Bedouin tribe. Wow. And... Um, she said, and that would be fabulous. And she said, if, if you know, you have good pictures, you can send them to the National Geographic. Well, that was, that was a, kind of a, an encouragement to do it. But I also asked her, I said, look, do you think we could do something where I'd be protected? So um, she had her office call the manager of the hotel, who would also speak to the sheikh. And they had to sign an agreement that I would be protected. Yes. So they gave me a little bit more encouragement to go. So you're able to overcome sort of the the concerns and the worries of of doing this. But as you begin to travel, you actually you travel disguised, right? I got a jalaba, um, which is a sort of a long robe and a surawal, which are the pants and then a kafia, which is the head. You know, you kind of wind cloth around your head. Um, so that's basically what I was wearing. And, of course, you know, it, it was a better protection from the sun and to sit on the camel for whatever, two, three days, I guess. Yeah. Is it basically true that you do not know heat until you've encountered a day with the beating sun in the Sahara? It was unbelievable for yeah. me. Um, and I would gulp my, my canteen and uh, it was incredibly hot, very, very hot. And they, they would move very slowly through the desert. Christina Harrell is with us today on the road, an intrepid world traveler that basically speaks for itself at this point. <laughs> but <laughs> she's been a celebrated fashion model, actress, and her brand new book is called Captivated, An Adventure in Faith. So at a certain point during the trip, you begin to question the wisdom of what you're doing. First of all, what was it that made you start to think that way? And then why did you keep going instead of turning around at that point? Good question, actually. I I did uh, question it a lot because they wouldn't let me take any pictures 
uh, they would just turn and run away. The children like scampering like a flock of, you know, doves. The women weren't happy about me being there. I was an interloper on their turf, as far as I, I realized they didn't want me there. And, um, you know, the men were busy measuring their beards and drinking coffee and calling each other over to, to pray and things like that. They didn't care about me. So I wasn't able to take any pictures. And um, and the sheikh, who invited me to be with him, kept saying, look, just have patience. They'll get used to you. You know, we can we can go to the next camp. And basically, they'd pick up and take off and they'd move through into the desert. We were going into the depths of the Sahara. And he kept saying, just have patience, have patience. Now, all of that... So I, I was, there's two parts of me. One is the adventurer, and the other one is, is, is the sensible one, you know. At that time, obviously, um, you know, uh, obviously I'm different now. I'm more cautious. But I, let God, I felt like God allowed me to do that journey. And I knew he was with me. I mm. really did, every single day. I would, you know, wake up. I do that still. I, I pray, and... Um, and I felt his presence around me. I, I felt I was covered wow. in his protection. Yes. That is And powerful. so the adventure and the curiosity of me wanting to know a little bit more about, you know, what I was doing, I'd go on another day and another day and another day. Yes. So the tribe finally reaches its destination. And mm-hmm. when that occurs, you encounter basically far more than you ever expected. What did that look like? That was just, I, I, as soon as I arrived, I arrived at uh, the Sheikh's father's camp, and I had a feeling that maybe I was there as a hostage or a captive, and, uh, and it was a very nerve-wracking, very nerve-wracking experience, and I, I was certainly, oh, I'd fall on my knees in my tent, and I'd pray, and I, and I'd, I felt the, the Lord saying to me, trust me. Just trust me, and I thought, well, if I, this is, if I'm in the desert, you know, like Jesus was in the desert and he was tempted, I just have to keep my faith and know that this is going to, to give me more strength in my faith. Anyway, um, so no, but there's a lot more that happens after that, actually. <laughs> Yes, yes, there is. I can confirm it. If you have a chance to pick up this book, it is worth every moment. Once again, it's called Captivated, An Adventure in Faith. So you're, you're there at the destination. How much time passes before you make this realization that I have to find a way to get out of here? I have to find a way to escape. The guy that invited me, his name is Tamir, he, he actually uh, stole my camera, my, my film, he stole the, ca- the compass that my father had given me uh, just before he passed away. And, and I, was, I realized that no matter what, because I kept thinking, well, you know, maybe the next day he'll give it back. The next day he'll give it, but he didn't. So um, I had to figure out a way to get back. And that was, that was when I realized, you know, the chapter of this journey has, uh, has ended. Now it's time to go on to the next the next chapter, and that's to get myself back. Yeah, that was a really a big deal for me. And uh, the the chap I had hired to be with me was impossible. I kept he was always dozing off on the saddle. He had no, there was nothing about him that you know I knew I could trust to help me come back. 
and he was squinting all the time, so his eyesight wasn't very good. But you know, he was a sweet chap, but he, you know, he, he wasn't—he wasn't somebody I could rely on to get me back. Wow, mm. wow! So two camels, limited supplies. You and this gentleman dozing off on the camel. <laughs> no, I, I didn't doze off. He did. <laughs> 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 the very important clarification, absolutely. Yes. Tell us about the journey back and all of these oh. challenges that you encounter. I mean, did you think you would make it? Did you consider that not making it back was a real possibility? Well, um, I wanted, hoped with my father being a, a squadron leader and a Royal Air, you know, the Royal Air Force and a navigator, I hoped I would inherited some of his uh, navigating abilities, yes. and I could figure a way back. But, see, I didn't know where, where I was. I didn't know if we were in the heart of the Sahara. Where exactly? I knew we were way way in the heart of the Sahara, but should I just go north? Well, anyway, um, I fell on my knees, and I knew my only hope was, was God. I knew it. And so I prayed and prayed and prayed, and I said, Father, you know, please, just stay with me. Guide me, protect me, and I need to be filled up with your courage and your and my tenacity has to be bolstered every single day. So anyway, as soon as I took off, something happened. I I became very sick. I realized that I had I'd got something that could be a traveler's uh, problem, you know, malaria, typhoid, hepatitis, whatever it was. Something mm-hmm. was going on with my body. Now, my other thought was I could have been bitten by something. There were many terrible, terrible uh, things that could bite me, Scorpio, sure. you know, all kinds of things. Of course. Things in my sleep. And I did have something on my side that wasn't very good. You know, I, it was either, I don't know what it was, but it was scratchy and horrible, big red patch. Mm. And we came back and, and hard, the readers will hear what happened to me because it was just an incredible, if I could boil down the whole point of writing my story and, and the purpose of my life since this, this experience um, into what you call a rue, you know, the, like a, the heart and the soul of it, it's what happened to me. And on the way back was the most amazing experience. I mean, I truly and honestly, I, I felt, I heard music in the desert. And um, I would be laying back on the camel. We'd be walking at the night with the stars above my head. And I'd hear, when the wind blows through the sand, you can actually hear the sounds, interesting sounds. It sounds like music. Really? And, and God, the Lord would speak to me. Wow. And we'd be walking, and there I was, exhausted, with this terrible fever, feeling awful, with no water, in the middle of the Sahara, with no compass. And so... It's an amazing testimony to God's grace how I actually made it. Yeah. And um, from then on, my life has become, well, it's a, it's a, eventually grew to my life's purpose from, from what I experienced. Hmm. I can't help but wonder, the moment when you return to civilization and you know that you've made it, what are the emotions that you experience at that point? Because I imagine there had to be times where you considered the the real potential that you would not make it. So making it there, what does that feel like? Well, um, 
there were many times when I would be exhausted with no water, flopping around with, with this terrible fever. I made it was just a miracle, really a miracle. And when I think about it, that, that God, and I heard him speak to me. I mean, he, he spoke through my heart. And every time, I felt like I, there were two, two parts. First of my faith. My faith was like sort of kept a lid over my fear. And wow. uh, I, it, it was about to bubble up. And then I, I said, you know what? The, you, you have this sturdy British backbone. <laughs> you have, you know, you're a woman of faith. You're a woman of, you're strong. And your body is, has to remember that it's strong, although it's flopping around like a, I've been squeezed through a sheet. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, they were, you know, so anyway, every single day, every single day I'd, I'd pray, and there were incredible realizations. Now I'd be in the desert at night, um, or even in the day, just lying there with this, on the sand and thinking, well, you know, I've had this experience. It has been an adventure of adventures. I have had an adventure, and I have had an experience of God's protection, direction, uh, just the boldness of me that, that came from this experience, yes. Well, what a journey it is. Uh, the book is called Captivated, An Adventure in Faith. An adventure is the right word. It most definitely is. Christina Harrell has been with us today on the road, the intrepid world traveler, celebrated fashion model, actress, and so much more as well. The incredible things you've done in your life would require a much longer biography. But let me just ask you this. For somebody that wants to learn more about you, about what you do, and snag a copy of the book, where should they start? And more about me. Well, um, I do have an adventure travel business now, which is called Spa Fari. And um, uh, so think of a health spa. So spa and think of a safari fari. So great word. Far, fari. I love it. And, uh, and I've been taking groups. Well, actually, no, I have to just interject on this part. Um, after I had, um, you know, come back from this and I, I was healthy and well and I'd moved to America and I uh, became an actress and, um, well, you know, I didn't want to play some parts that were offered me. They weren't right for me. I didn't want to, you know, the Stepford wife type person. You know, I wanted a female Jeremiah Johnson or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, you know, I, so I was, I said, well, right, well, then um, I got into other things. I, I had a clothing line. I was, became an architectural designer. And, <laughs> and then I'm running the beach, in, and I was running marathons, by the way. I was of running course. the beach in Malibu. Of course and, you uh, and, I said to God, all right, tell me what else you want me to do, Father. And honestly, I felt his presence. He he said, I want you to bring people to me. And I said, what? How do I do that? He said, well, I want you to, you know, testify. So from then on, I ended up, um, I started a spa in Malibu up in the mountains, and then I started my adventure spa where I take groups around the world. And I, I'm very discerning with, you know, uh, well, people feel my, they usually do anyway, towards the end of my uh, of the trips. Uh, tell me, well, what do you have? What is it you have? Well, it's the power of the Lord. I, 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 I always tell them they're protected. God is my CEO. Huh. He always has been. 
And I said, no matter where we go, no matter where we hike, no matter what happens, you'll always, always be protected. And they have, honestly, they have. I mean, I was hiking in the in the wilderness once, uh, or not once, uh, oh gosh, two weeks, sorry, two, two years ago. <laughs> and um, Myanmar, and we're hiking and... Uh, God said to me, I've got you protected. You're all protected. I said, everybody's, he said, yes, we are protected. And lo and behold, and so I prayed again to cover everybody 100%. And there in the distance was a, was a uh, cobra. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> and I thought that could have been near our path, but it wasn't. We always, always have been protected. Oh yes. My. So wow. it's been a very big deal for me. And, um, I'll see where my next chapter takes me because <laughs> I feel we're all an ambassador here if we love the Lord, wow. you know? And um, and I knew one day I would tell my story and how I overcame what I went through in the Sahara Desert, and I hope and pray it will be someone else's survival guide. Well, that is a lovely testimony, a lovely purpose, and... It's just been a lovely conversation, not to overuse the word, with Christina Harrell today. Once again, the name of the book is Captivated, An Adventure in Faith. It was a real pleasure to meet you, Christina. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh, Ryan, it was an absolute pleasure. It was an honor for me to talk to you today. Thank you so much. I'll turn a lot of people onto your radio show from now on. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of Faith Radio's On the Road. For more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes, look for On the Road when you visit MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks so much for listening to On the Road. Programming like this happens because of your incredible support. You can learn more about partnering financially at MyFaithRadio.com. And we'd be so glad to connect with you during the week on social media. Just search for On the Road with Ryan Thomas on Facebook. And our Twitter handle is at OnTheRoadRyan. Until next time, God bless you, my friend.